The 815 bell has struck here, and Nick Nocera has not been reachable by text, but No One Likes the Tuna podcast will continue. Here on the cycle 26 of the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast, you've got one of your co-hosts, Daryl Wong, but I'm joined today by two bros, David Hunter, Anthony Rodriguez. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Very happy to be here. You know, this is my third return back to the podcast, and you know, it's unfortunate Nick wasn't able to make it this time, but I will carry on his behalf, and you know, I've come prepared, even though my notes have been salvaged to a degree, but I'm here with a uh, newcomer, my, my special, my boy, Anthony Rodriguez, co-worker, good friend. Yeah, I just want to thank Daryl for having me on here. Uh Bringing me back to the old days of uh, watching, you know, Too Fast, Too Fierce. Um, but thank you guys for having me. Excellent, excellent. So as you guys know, every week on the podcast here, we watch one of the Fast and the Furious movies. And um, we, we let the movie really set the tone for the week, you know. So you guys both watched the movies, um, I presume last night. Yes, was last night. Yeah. Very fresh in my head. Okay, okay. And uh, I, I assume here this is not the first time either of you have watched the movie. I'd say this is a fifth time watch uh-huh. for your boy. Yeah. Okay. I think I've watched it once when it came out theaters, like three times on the plane. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then on the plane like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they sometimes show like those random movies on the plane. I swear I've seen it on a plane before, and then I, this probably is like my third or fourth time watching it. So. Okay. Okay. I'd have to say this is an all-time personal fave. No, no Vin, you know, and it's still fire without him. You don't necessarily, I mean, there is the American muscle, you know, by the uh, two Guido boys, but a whole lot of gang shit in this. And, (laughs) you know, I think they're getting it out the mud, out the trenches. So appreciate the come up. It's more of that thickened plot of that street racing mentality and cool car designs and the whole communities involved rather than these like, exacerbated stunts and just you know pulling helicopters together from fucking mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah. where i'm coming from. right this is the classic this is a classic too fast it's really still in touch with the original t uh fast and the furious it's very subculture it hasn't quite breached the mainstream yeah um i think though like when i watch this movie it's always been about the brotherhood right lost brothers who are coming together and when I think about you two guys, I try to think about who's who, all right? So what do you, what do you guys think, all right? Who's it's, Tyrese? Yo, it's funny because I was... Said, you said you're more Tyrese. I literally told him last night, I was like, I, it's, Tyrese reminds me of myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See, you know, just coming from the trenches, I relate more to Tyrese, but I feel like... personality and pers- Exactly, but... Paul Walker's the coolest fucking dude to mm-hmm. touch these films, you know. So much so much grace to what he brings to the car knowledge aspect. And you can tell he's not a rookie out there on those streets. He's, mm-hmm. he's ten toes down the field. Yeah. When I think about when I think about Brian O'Connor in this movie, I see you, David Hunter, you know, leading the way here in the uh, Tesla use use vehicle sales advisor role. And, you know, laying your roots, trying to become a big shot FBI agent over here. And, you know, sometimes you got to reach out to uh, the homies over here. 
uh, in their time of need. <laughs> one, one of the reasons I thought he I related to Tyrese was the, mo- the most was just because he there was it was just a bunch of scenes where he's like really reserved he's very protected very guarded because obviously the shit he went through um whatever happened with him with connor um i didn't watch the first movie well i did but it's been so long i don't even remember but um yeah he's just so reserved and so protected that he didn't really trust anyone and that's why Mm-hmm. I mean, but he also wasn't in the first movie. He was locked up at the This time. was his first time, right? Yeah. This was the first appearance of Tyrese. And I think what happened, John, John Singleton directed this one, right? Mm-hmm. Did he direct the first one? No. So what I think happened is John Singleton's like, listen, what needs to happen, we need to bring a real nigga on this show right now. And there's got to be a dy- dynamic there. And yeah. You know, all part of the biracial dynamic. It's worked a lot in Hollywood. And, uh, I, you know, we get some good early entrance in what that looks like, you know, considering when this came out. I think they killed it. They had one of the best dynamics that, you know, I've seen throughout this series personally. And um, it, these two characters, great as a whole. But some of the supporting cast here, you know, I have a lot of questions about <laughs> Eva Mendez, okay. okay, like sexy. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just put that out there and start with that. Sexy, you know. I wish we see more of her throughout the series, but my thing is the disassociation of her ability to be in this relationship with Verone, mm-hmm. and she's undercover for eleven and a half months before she slips up. Right? right. Is that a long time or a short time in terms of uh, being that's undercover? Very long. That's well, a long. Yeah. So it's it? a long time. Okay. And my okay. point with this is, what's the extent you go when you go undercover when you're in that deep? Mm-hmm. It's very obvious that they're in a relationship. You know, there's a lot of ass grabbing being mentioned in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Aoki in the beginning when she's going over the bridge, smack that ass. And then, <laughs> you know, you, you, she's walking out the door when they bring the drivers through. Verone smacks her ass too. Okay. But are they having sex? They have to be. They have to be. I think because so. it's an 11 and a half month thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that approved in the line of work when you're going under as a as you know in, in police there was that scene where she where it just cuts off to her waking up like with him in bed brian they're gonna come kill you <laughs> no, 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 but, okay no, no no i'm not talking about her and and brian i'm talking I'm about her, her and verone right like oh. are they having sex oh <laughs> <laughs> they have to be right and it's like at that point in you going undercover it's like the disassociation there is what's because the movie ends, right? You didn't see this, but the movie. <laughs> no, I saw it. The movie ends, and you know she's just like, you know, hey guys, uh, yeah, uh, great work, amazing job, and great, you did your thing, appreciate you, and mm-hmm. that's it. And I'm just like, you know, I know that there's the psychological training that goes into you know going under, but like to that extent where you giving up your body to this dude. Verona is crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. He clearly doesn't care about animal cruelty at all with the rat. Horrible. Dude. Mm-hmm. They do leave it somewhat open ended, right? They they, they say like, you know they make an indication here that um, her character is only there as a whatever criminal uh, criminal advisor organizer, right. almost like a semi partnership with Verona. 
But, you know. I just took it as that was like his mistress. Like, he kind of just does whatever she wants with him. Mm -hmm. Or with her, I mean. Um, Yeah, I think it goes to say that uh, I'm not giving it up in the line of duty over here. Okay. Not doing that either. Yeah. Like, to what extent? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I think if it came down to that, I would just look at him and be like, hey, I'm calling it now. uh, Above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. Time to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's Ava Mendez. Uh, do you have any other problem with the, any of their side characters here? Um, I like I like the majority of the side characters. I think they casted the henchmen very well. Mm-hmm. Very henchy vibes from both yeah. of them. Um, I like I like some of the supporting supporting cast. You know, freestyling <laughs> Asian dude in uh-huh. the garage who clearly knows the shit about these cars. You're talking about Jin the rapper. That's Jin. Yeah, that's Jin. That's writers, Jin. you know. Wow. Yeah. Used to listen to him back in the day. Okay, mm-hmm. they would put some raps of his in there. Yeah. But, um, Ludacris is, you know, G. I love, I love how Paul Walker uh, introduces him to Tyrese. He's like, he's got his hands in everything. He's the best at it. That's, you know, it's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we were laughing at one scene last night where it was. <laughs> <laughs> Where the the two henchmen had lost to no, 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 not the henchmen. It was it was the dudes trying to be the racers, the 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 Guido boys. Yes. Mm-hmm. not the henchmen. They were henchmen for the for the guy for they, the, not the because big boss. they lost the race. They didn't even get hired. Yeah, they were. But they uh, interviewed. They were candidates. They were candidates. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, they had uh, one scene where um, they lost, and there was just one shot where <laughs> the girls were just like holding him from behind and it was one of the funniest things uh you you probably remember but it's it was a particular a picture, scene it was a picture i sent you last night Darryl, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the pouty boys they yeah, were just looking the very, pouty boys yeah, they were looking very pouty and look this is a picture right here boom oh yeah sad boys mm-hmm. full effect yeah but what, I lo- what i like about that scene is that there's like this this movie really struck me as obviously you know um it's about racing, mm-hmm. but they never took it to the extreme when they lost. They never took it to another, you know, like because I feel like in most movies today, um, say if you like you lose a race like that, then maybe the next scene is gonna be some fight mm. or maybe a shootout. I th- and I was honestly a little surprised that that didn't happen here, and I kind of like that. Mm. I think losing your car in a street race <laughs> would warrant. <laughs> Is kind of extreme, but you agree to it. I mean, you do agree to it, but think about it. Late at night in an empty street because you need the privacy. Yeah. This is pre-Uber times, by the way, too. <laughs> Pretty sure there's probably no bus transits. They're in the middle of no stranded. Mm-hmm. And they just ride out into the night. That's pretty extreme. Yeah. In Florida. And, yeah, in Florida. Listen, they and took... these is Guido boys. They're probably minority <laughs> at this time down there. They right? took their L well. Uh-huh. And they, they just, I mean, yeah. At but, least at least they still had their girls. At the yeah. End. Yeah. I did like that scene, though. Or, or that part of the, uh, the races. Mm-hmm. So, Daryl, question for you. Yeah. Because I actually noticed something this time I didn't notice before watching the film. Um, is this the first time that... Um, Paul Walker's character is introduced as Bullet. I noticed mm. that is his nickname. It is. It is the first and only time he is referred to as Bullet. Um, this mm. must be part of his 
you know street so, ego. Yeah, his uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his reinvention of self, right? From his departure from the LAPD in movie one, he proceeds to streetway street race his way across America, trading up his cars until he's able to secure the holy grail Nissan Skyline GTR. And upon arriving to Miami, Florida, he is uh, already secured himself a reputation as a top-tier street racer. And in doing so, he also is using his new masked identity, and people call him Bullet. I like this side of him. Mm -hmm. I like the street cred. I like him being about his shit. I like him being on the streets, you know, Mm -hmm. getting it out the mud. And feds found him. They needed him. They tapped him in. He's like, listen, I guess if I got to, you know, save the streets, save Miami, you know, do my thing, I'm going to be about it. Mm-hmm. But I like the plot in this one. That actually makes sense because that makes sense why they were kind of prepared for him. Because pretty much as soon as that first race was done between um, four racers, um, the police almost like immediately came. And then they That's had Monica Fuentes called them in. He gave yeah. them a heads up so they could go in and, and trap See, I would have been skeptical from seeing her. Mm Because I'm just like, what are you doing looking that bad being at one of these places? Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck is going on? Out here looking with your Renaissance costume outfit? She exceeds the average limit of bad. Okay. (laughs) That was a bunch of bad things in there. You know, I've been out somewhere, you just see a girl and she's just looking (laughs) so bad. And you're just like, what is going on? Is this real right now or what? Like... Living that too fast life, you know how it is. Right, yeah. I mean, hey, it is Miami after all. I, I think they do have money, cars. Yeah, you know, the women the, go being suggestive of, of those kind of uh, situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Anthony, what did you think of the movie here? So I had, uh, and I'm a big critic, uh-huh. um, and obviously this is an older movie. When did it come out? 2002. 2002, I think. Come on, yeah. money with these yeah. facts. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were a couple, like, I, I have one controversial take that I think I'm going to say. Ooh, okay. Towards the end. Um, but I think the best parts of the movie are obviously the racing. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was into the most. And you would think that that would be an obvious answer, but not not really. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you again, you think about how old this movie is and just... Thinking back to like my two probably like favorite parts in the movie were the races and the different shots and angles that they had during those races. Races from um, there was like, and it's crazy because I kind of like picture it in my mind where there was this one shot where it was like really low on the ground towards the outside of the wheels, um, and then it like shoots quickly to his eyes, mm-hmm. and seeing how focused he is. <laughs> then to the stick shift, Cin- yeah. cinematography was yeah. on point for and sure. And that like in rapid su- succession too. So it was like yeah. that was really cool to see with the colors, obviously mm-hmm. green and purple cars and all the lights and shit. Um, and honestly, a lot of the maneuvers that were being made. Um, well, one when. Paul Walker um, turned his car around. Mm-hmm. Um, the how you were, like them apples move. Right. That was, and yeah, that was top three favorite stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in my head, I'm like, can cars even go that fast in reverse? 
The answer to that is no. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm just like, what the? F-? And I was thinking to myself that, uh, thinking my, uh, thinking that to myself too. But then also when they were having that second race with the two guys, and he had turned around, and it's honestly little things like that that kind of I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, how the fuck is gonna, how the fuck is he gonna win this race? And I don't remember. And this motherfucker just cuts back. And is just facing him. And he has no no choice but to swerve around him. Yeah. I, I think you pick up on two things here. Um, all or nothing. All or nothing. Right. Yeah. But, like, these movies are all about the combination between the Fast and Furious franchise, which is where you get all of the highly innovative, um, you know, vehicular warfare, all of the high-tech racing scenes. And that's no. definitely developed over time, right? Because in the original movies... You know, they worked with what they had. And this one is very close to the beginning. But if you think about the later movies, they're doing the craziest shit. They're using mag... Yeah, they're getting special rigs to shoot that magnet shot in Fast 9 where they lift the car, put it through the buildings, have it set on the other side. Like, the budget and and the sophistication around the vehicle effects is crazy. But I want to say that... The uh, flash of the shift, flash of the eyes thing mm. is very much a John Singleton yeah. thing, mm. right? You thought that too? He's a real one. I, I didn't pick up on that, yeah. but he's, he's a talented director. Yeah. Just from some of the stuff that I've seen him do. We picked that up because we watched Baby Boy as one of the, um, like, in-betweeners. He Baby directed Boy. that? Yeah. He directed and Tyrese that. is in the, yep. Exactly. So. Boom. Exactly. Boom. Boom. Okay. Didn't he do one of the Blade movies? Am I remembering correctly? We're going to have to fact check that. I think yes, but Nick is usually the Damn. movie encyclopedia over Nick, here. where are you at right now, man? Come on. <laughs> but uh, I think he did. Uh-huh. I can... I'll look this up. But, yeah. Um, I think I'm remembering him doing some crazy stunt work in that. And I was pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. Um. This movie is, to me, would you say this is top three? Fast movies? I mean, it's definitely top ten. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, hey, there's <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, in terms of rewatchability for me, this is certainly top three. At some time, and yeah, if you ask me, depending on what year you ask me, this could very easily be a top. Yeah. yeah. The best one for me. I just wonder... Or maybe you know this, Daryl. At what at what point did they kind of stop making it all about the cars? Because mm-hmm. I wonder, maybe now, what that movie would be like and how good it would be, assuming the plot is good enough. Mm-hmm. If they were just to focus back on those kind of shots with the cars, but obviously more recent cars. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I don't even think there's any car that's uh, after two two thousand. Because mm-hmm. I was looking at some of them. Um, I mean, it depends. If you think about like the core question of is the is the script good? Yeah. Most people at the time said no. In fact, Vin Diesel said no, which is why he mm. was not in this movie. He read this. He was like, "Turd script. Mm. I'm going to go and be a superstar. This script here is a disgrace to the pop culture phenomenon that was the original Fast and Furious," and you know, it plays like a classic. I don't know, like who would he have even been in this? I, I think that 
He would have probably took Tyrese's place. He couldn't have because of who he was in the first movie. Because I think more there uh, to me, Tyrese and, and Connor were oh, you mean to be like, like the uh, so you mean like he would have pulled up and been like, hey, yeah, and I know that and we had that slip up back because uh, that's what Tyrese was doing is like you know I know we had that thing in the back where I had to go to jail for three years and you didn't tell me I didn't know blah blah blah. That is a really big question mark period throughout the whole movie for me. Like mm-hmm. they had a little talk about it, you know, into the sunset. It was all cute and they got all you know gave each other dap at the end. But yeah. Like, I, it does make sense if you add that variable in and take him out. It could have been like a, yeah, I could have seen them, you know, handling that together. Mm-hmm. But that dynamic would have been so different. Yeah. Because the no, way sure. that I approach Vin Diesel's character compared to uh, Paul Walker is just like he's bleeding and Paul Walker is like learning. But they more so felt like equals, which is something that I like. And that's, I think that was a good time to get into my controversial take which is i was telling him last night is like in my opinion like i don't really i feel like tyrese is doing a better acting job mm-hmm. than paul walker tyrese is probably a better actor than paul walker is probably <laughs> that is probably because true. the entire time i'm watching i'm like i'm seeing tyrese get you know really amped up and maybe it's just because i relate to him mm-hmm. but he's getting amped up he's showing emotion you know when the cops show up he has all this you know this pressure on him from trying to trust connor again um while also you know potentially getting his records clean like he has a lot of backstory Mm -hmm. but then i look at paul walker and from personality to reasoning behind why he's doing this it didn't make too much sense to me he didn't really show too much facial expression besides maybe like a couple scenes Mm -hmm. um and then pretty much throughout the rest of the movie it's kind of like stone cold like I said, when he when he's driving is when it's the best. Right. I think I think they had to go bold with backstory entrance for Tyrese because he's new. Mm-hmm. The franchise sees Paul Walker as someone who's been here before, and I think they added the subtlety factor of like having some of the side characters introduce him, you know, as Bullet as the person that he is in this film. But I also feel like you know Tyrese might have led with personality, but he was just being himself straight up yeah like you know and paul walker i know like i know in his personal life he was very involved in um cars and like that was like his thing too i just feel like they were both kind of reaching a little bit more towards home but i think tyrese is just the spectacle maker yeah i i honestly think he carried the entire movie Mm mm-hmm Honestly, I mean, from besides, a comedic relief standpoint, or from, from like a like uh, I'm gonna be the pro on because he didn't in that race. No, 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 not know? not even as far as just the races. <laughs> yeah, and that, actually we could get in, into that too. Uh-huh. Actually, so I realized son, when they, f- if you realize throughout the entire movie, they pretty much had the same cars. I mean, they got the cars, you know, that were. Yeah, the from the seized from yeah. the, by the customs team. They've got right. the right, but what you got to realize is is Connor really a better driver? Mm. Acting <laughs> acting aside, I think Tyrese carried the whole movie. But then let's take a look at the races. <laughs> Keep in mind, Tyrese selected the car that was a convertible, mm-hmm. less aerodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> less drag when you're racing uh-huh. so of course right. Paul Walker would win 
in the other, and they were both Mitsubishis. Mm-hmm. So, that is true, but you have to think about the wind resistance on a convertible. <laughs> you don't have that option to be completely focused and immersed in the driving experience when you're not in a convertible. And that's but you're making my point is that you're saying that he he had the he had the weaker a, weapon. Exactly. And therefore Therese a had better, exactly. He had to make up for it with his driving skill. Right. And finesse. Which would have which makes they Connor do, seem like the better driver. They do reference in it, how they grew up in Barstool, you know, uh, Paul Walker does the I, you know, stare down, you know, and Tyrese is like, I taught him that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, maybe he did learn a couple of tricks, but I think instinctively Paul Walker is the better driver. And it shows within yeah, some of the decisions he makes on track. And I think we really see more of this in some of the, you know, other movies, but, you know, it, he he's not the best in the franchise right now. Like Vin, you know, really yeah. big broed his shit in the last movie, and it you know, and, uh, nobody likes that tune. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I was thinking to myself, kind of almost towards the half of the movie. It's like, is Paul Walker better? Or sorry, is Connor a better driver? Mm-hmm. Is he a better actor? And that was kind of like my main takeaway from all of this is, is overall at least, yeah. That Tyrese is both a better actor and a better driver. Possibly, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> he's got be- he's certainly got better R and B vocal skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is yeah. that is factual. <laughs> yeah, I wish I heard a Tyrese song in there. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like Luda comes out and then we hear a song. It's like, hey, this is wavy. Like, I'm this is what's up. You know, Tyrese should have got his own song. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, he would have needed that club record. It's a fact. And All we he, got was Joe Budden pump it up twice. And like, I'm just saying, there's, there's better songs, you know. It does seem like a missed opportunity, right? Because both Ludacris and Tyrese continue to be in these movies, but yeah. they have expanded their, you know, like um, headliner track for the movie to yeah. who, like. We got the reggaeton. We got a lot of reggaeton over the yep, past yep, like yep. few series here, but you know, Every put, time Ty- put Tyrese on, on there. Yeah. yeah, that that pose. That's a great question. Has there ever been a Tyrese Fast and Furious track? I should I know this because in my youth, when I was watching this movie, I at some point went to a what was the music store? It wasn't an amoeba. But it was some sort of music store in San Francisco, and I purchased the Too Fast, Too Furious soundtrack. Interesting. And it was one of the like handful of CDs that I owned, and I listened to it all the time. See, what, what, that, was, what was the first record you ever got? Um, that might have been one of the first. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I had a bunch. You know, when you're a teenager, you have a bunch of weird CDs. Yeah. Right? You know, whatever you can get. Probably I, it was probably a Now CD, honestly. So. I had some dank CDs. Uh-huh. I had Now 14, okay. which to date still holds up timeless. <laughs> that was one of the greatest playlists that ever came out. Yeah. Um, I had Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor and The Cool. Mm-hmm. And then I also had The Carter 2. So by that time, I was already stealing music. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> Carter 2, like I remember I was stealing music and yeah, I stole The Carter work. 1. So. Okay. Yeah. I was a Lil Wayne fan from day one, okay? How are you stealing music? Um, LimeWire or BearShare? Okay. Yeah, BearShare. Yeah, LimeWire. Yeah. I remember... It would corrupt my computer. Oh, my God. It was just... (laughs) It was a disaster. (laughs) It was bad. It'd always be interesting when you download something that you think you're going to get, 
you get a file that's definitely not it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Someone else's song, video, you're not supposed to be seeing. <laughs> you have to download like 20 of them before you get to the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, um, all right. Well, we're almost at time here. So anything else we want to talk about for this movie? Let's see. How do we feel about Verone? Uh-huh. He's not brought back later on into the film. Um, and, you know, it's imposed at the end. He's going to get out and do just... Hey, listen. You get shot up. You get wetted up out there. And you're just sitting there laughing, getting bandaged up. Like, I'm going to be back. But he hasn't been back. So you... Yeah, you guys have both watched this Fast X trailer where you've seen that they've brought back... Reyes from Fast Five. Mm. I would say they might as well just loop Verone back in here as people who have been scorned by the by the team over here, right? He said he was coming back. He said he's coming back, and he's got you know he's he's still alive, and he's got a good backstory, you know, just as good as the you know unknown son unknown son of Reyes. So why not get him in here, cruising in on a big fat yacht, big. Silk blouse blowing in the wind, holding a shotgun. Just live it up. That would be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy. I would enjoy seeing him coming back. He was someone that I actually liked to not like, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's a good villain right there. I'm like, yo, you're a fucking douchebag. Why is your hair like that? Yeah, you know? there, there was one the la- that last scene where he was getting carried off, and he's just like looking him straight in the eye. As smiling as he's walking off, I believed him. I did. I think him. he actually played one of the strongest uh, acting parts in this. Mm-hmm. Man, like you look like you get this money. You would make <laughs> you would make a nigga drive all the way down to a fucking lot and pick up a cigar mm-hmm. and a cutter. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, I think. I think the thing that I like from the acting standpoint, the characters all played well off of each other. I think there was a good synergy in there. And, um, you know, John casted well. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Very happy we chose to pick this one. Yeah. Seems like I always get the good ones to watch. Right. <laughs> the final thing with the Verone part of it is that they've already opened up a window for Ava Mendez slash Monica Fuentes. She shows up in a end scene with... The Rock. So she is apparently part of some sort of DSS or other, you know, government agency. So they left the door open for Ava Mendez to come back. So, you know what I, one last thing. Mm -hmm. The kiss between Paul Walker and Ava Mendez. Mm -hmm. Very random. Uh Uh-huh. Wake up. You got to, she's in disarray. What are you doing here? How did you find where I live? I mean, I know you got the the, the tracing system, you know. The, yeah, why is she wet? She didn't. She why, wasn't yeah. sleeping exactly. there, right? She why? came. He was sleeping, and she came to. You know what I, you the, know what I yeah. think happened? Heard this news. She had to leave so quick. In my head, she hopped on like a Vespa or something. No, 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 not a Vespa. Like one of those fucking. Um, Water rock. What are they? Jet called? ski. Jets, yeah. <laughs> jet ski over there. Hopped on. <laughs> I said water rock. Hopped on a jet ski. Rode across. Rode across. Rode across the water. Got to him because he's like living pretty much on a dock. Mm-hmm. And you live on a houseboat, right? She gets to him, and that's why she's wet. She just got there to pretty much tell him the information. But why do they kiss there? 
Like, I know that there's the tension between them, mm-hmm. but I think, Anthony, to your point, like, Paul Walker is, like, I didn't really get the impression right. he was, like, super checking her out like Word. that. Like, I'm like, it's insinuated because she's bad, mm-hmm. but, like... But it also doesn't seem like he likes her, like, that. Right. I don't believe the relationship and, at all. And He's trying to save her, right? He's but trying to save no, her from her undercover... There's not, there's not even a good opportunity for him to show that because the dude, Verone, mm-hmm. is around all the time. Like, even when they were at the club, I didn't even really think... I'm like, they were just, like, talking. Why were they talking? That's a good question. Literally, it's like, yeah. why are you touching other other men? Mm-hmm. Staring, you know? <laughs> it was just a thank you kiss from Brian. Say, like, hey, you know what? Thanks for looking out for my life right, here. Right, right. Yeah, here's a little thank you kiss on the mouth. <laughs> you know, I think... I think if that happened to me in the heat of, I'm, I might potentially die uh-huh. in 45 minutes. Yeah, right here by my bedside. Hey, right. I gotta get this last kiss. And the last kiss that I might ever have. But I think I that's mean, the only time they kissed. Right? Did they kiss at the end? No, no. no she just was, walks away. Just she gives him the seal later. Yep. Because Good job, of all big the people boy. Around, they yeah. never really had that moment. Huh. I think that was like. I like what John Singleton did because that—that's the only moment where they're truly alone by themselves in a setting that would be suggestive of that, and they did it. But they mm. could have showed more of that, and they could have played Tyrese's songs, the love making songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. Come on! <laughs> but oh, they didn't that, show yo, that. Would have, that would have been the perfect. <laughs> that would have been the perfect place to. Play. Yeah, you're saying, you know what was missing here? Sex scene, all right? right. Sex scene, missing right here at this juncture in the movie. That would have been so fast and furious to put that. That would have been fast and furious Uh right there. Uh Like, I'm about to die. I only got, like, two minutes. Let's get get fast and furious. (laughs) No, no, no. All right. So, I think that's good for too fast. Do we want to do shout-outs? I think we should do some shout-outs. Let's do some shout-outs. You, you said you had a... You guys prepped these shout-outs? No. You said you had a reverse shout-out. Oh. Oh, anti-shout-out? Anti-shout-out. You're thinking oh. rev- reverse Uno over here. Oh, yeah, 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 Reverse yeah. shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> uh, no, nah, my anti-shout-out is going to be uh, Calexico. Ooh. That's a good one. For giving me that fucking food poison. Okay, so explain <laughs> this experience mm-hmm. and how this affected you. Well... It hit me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Let me let me explain what happened. One day, <laughs> me and Anthony on lunch break. You know, this is a frequent place that uh, we go to to get food. It's cheap, affordable, and reasonably good. You know, we pull up, and um, I saw that they actually had a new taco on the menu. It was mm. a shrimp taco, and it was in, I think it was flour tortilla. And I was like, this shit seems dank. I never get the shrimp because usually the sauces they put on it make it a little too runny with the other tortilla they have. So we get there. I get this. Anthony gets chicken burrito. And that's usually the main go-to. I don't get the burrito, but I get, like, usually chicken. I don't do beef because I've realized lately that my body just doesn't digest it properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so we get this food. I eat the food. He eats food and done. We leave. Yeah. And um, two hours later, what happens? Explain that process. Two hours later, (laughs) I was I was doing. I was working. I was calling customers, Mm -hmm. and then I just look at David. Pale. Yeah. Palms get sweaty. I I look. I look at. Actually, no. We had a meeting first, and I I looked at David first, and I'm like, bro. I just put my head down on the Mm -hmm. desk. I'm like, bro. Feel crazy right now. 
and I just I just pushed through, and then like I want to say thirty minutes later, I'm on tapped the phone. into some of that meditation. Yeah, you yeah, I, I did, I did, I did <laughs> meditate. That's right. Uh-huh. But I came out of the meditation. I was like, Nah, I do not feel right. Mm-hmm. And then like couple uh, several minutes later, I'm like talking to customers, continuing to work, and. I feel it again, and I'm like, okay, now I know, because I, I know my body really well, and I know when things like that happen, and I was like, nah, something's not right, I'm either uh, really anxious or nervous, or I don't know what it was, but then soon after, I look at David, I'm like, bro, I think I gotta throw up, and because I, I, like I felt like a knot in between my chest and my stomach, like something was coming up uh-huh. and i'm not gonna go too too into detail about that but yeah essentially i yeah i went to the bathroom did my thing yeah and it just messed me up because it's like that i was at a point there with the gym stuff where i was really seeing progress and i was eating well nothing nothing was going wrong and then that just happened. It was like one of the worst food poisons I had. Mm-hmm. Ruined his momentum, and he was kind of off the grid for a couple of days. Yeah, that. and things changed after that because I was like, "Nah, this is like bad." Yeah, Pretty I haven't, much. I haven't gone back since since, since your experience. Yeah. So yeah. I'm Pretty not much, learning from uh, your mistakes. Klexco ruined his life, and, and I, I'm just yeah, <laughs> just thinking about the way it smells. Yeah. yeah. All right. Speaking of ruin your life, well, what kind of uh, shout out or anti shout out do you got over here? Um, nothing ruining my life. Okay. Um, you know, I like to come spontaneous with these shout outs. I think it's important to not over prepare. You know, come light. Stakes stakes shouldn't be high when you're doing a good shout out. Mm-hmm. Um I'd like to shout out uh the brand Stussy. Oh, you know, been okay. a lot of Stussy lately. Um I've been wearing this trucker hat from them and Do you just, get a lot of compliments? Not that I get a lot of compliments. It's just one of my favorite things to put on my head mm-hmm. and just walk out the door with. So, you know, good, reliable Stussy. They have a new uh, Levi Stussy collab that's coming out this Friday, I believe. So I'll be tapped in for that. I think I'm going to order the uh, Canadian socks from the boys and, mm-hmm. you know, get right. It's interesting because, like, you know, like in early, um, you know, like Nike SB hype days, at some point, let's call it 2007, mm-hmm. I was wearing some Stussy, and yeah. it was interesting because there's a lot of, like, Gen Xers that are like, hey, it's pretty cool, is that, like, old or something? It's like, no, this is new. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, it's new shit. Yeah, it's come in waves, right? Because, you know, yeah. it was cool for Gen Xers, it was, like, cool around that period of time, and it's, like... Still fucking cool. It's still very cool. Yeah. Are you going to buy those, are you going to get those pennies? Any of those colorways? No. No. I'm I'm phasing out of some of the streetwear stuff, to mm-hmm. be honest. I know that I just gave this praise, but I'm trying to elevate my swag a little bit. Okay. Which direction are you going here? Coming of age, modern, sex in the city, kind of... Chelsea know. boots. Um, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think mm-hmm. the Chelsea boots aim in that direction, but I think there's a more... That's like the starter fit. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the. Start. I'm just trying to I'm trying to be a little bit more sophisticated. Okay. Yeah. Hints. Small accents. Got it. I think it's a combination of both streets and like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Modern yet still dead ass. Mm-hmm. You know. Very nice. Yes. Okay. So shout out to shout out to Sean Stucy over here bringing yes. those California skate vibes. 
generation after generation. Hell yeah. All right. Appreciate you out here. And shout out to uh, Sobe. Sobe Water. <laughs> I saw them in the Fast movie. I was uh-huh. like, I haven't had one of these in for fucking ever. Yeah. Sobe <laughs> uh, Life Elixirs. Yes. Yeah. Wavy. All right. Uh, quick channel for me is to... So I've been... Um, I've been ripping nice espressos and lattes and cappuccinos at the office. I want to give a shout out. I think over the past, you know, number of weeks, months here, I've tried um, a lot of different types of coffee. I'm out here, you know, going to exotic coffee bean roasters in Bushwick. I'm shopping at all my local retailers. I'm hand grinding beans. But at the end of the day, I think you guys would agree that the tastiest coffee we've had so far is that is that cafe bustello that's a fact all right all right so a little seven dollar can of cafe bustello is the best way to make your at work or at home espresso okay so don't fool around with any of the you know rare roasted you know african high elevation Like, stuff, like, it's a myth, okay? Cafe Bustello is the way to go if you want a delicious and reliable cup of coffee. How many, was gonna say that. How, many, how many espresso shots are you having a day? Honestly, not that many. I have, like, one or two at the office. Yeah, one or two. Okay. Yeah. And then I, you know, I have, I don't drink espresso when I'm here. I really, it looks like I make a lot of coffees, but it's because I'm a, uh, right. basically the office barista at this point. <laughs> I love that your approach to these, these nuanced hop, you, you fully immerse yourself in the life of what it means to be a barista. Mm-hmm. And he, so for the viewers at home, mm-hmm. uh, listeners, Darryl, yeah, for the listeners at home, Daryl has, has created a whole side deck near his desk of you know this immersive barista stand all these things that go hand in hand with each other he's got he's got different knobs and you know <laughs> contractions going. i've got the pour over right, i've got the right. grinder scale aeropress for a little a bit lot of stuff yeah. you feel like you're in dexter's lab mm-hmm. looking at the setup over there it's definitely um great to know to have we can come in and it was a vision I was there. I saw it from its beginning. Started mm-hmm. with one small little machine. Just trying to fulfill a need, okay? Can't have every pe- can't have people out here, you know, under energized and um, you know, envying the delivery team and their stanky ass Nespresso pods. I think that there could be a potential ROI that can be done around productivity mm-hmm. based on your espresso making skills. Yeah. I should yeah. expense it, is what you're saying. I think you should expense <laughs> it, but also it would be cool to know that Daryl Wong increased productivity X amount at mm-hmm. you know at the office based on these espressos. It's All right, hard thing to quantify, but you know, <laughs> just saying. So yeah, if you want to uh, increase your ROI, go ahead and check us out. No one likes to tune the podcast at gmail.com. No one likes to tune podcast on Patreon, where you can subscribe for the low sum of $1 to $3 for some of our exclusive content. Uh, we're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. But um, I hope you guys appreciate this special Nicholas episode. But, you know, we couldn't leave you hanging without content for the week. So thank you, David. Thank you, Anthony, for joining us today. No problem. That's a wrap. Do you guys have any, you guys have anything you want to uh, shout out to? We got a 
big audience over here. Shout out Nickel Less. Nickel. Love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, no, nah, just shout out Daryl for having this podcast. And <laughs> Thank you for having us. us, man. We appreciate it wholeheartedly. Good shit. We'll talk to everybody next week on, let's think, Too Fast. I think we're going to uh, Furious Furious 8? No, we're going to Hops. We'll figure it out. Bye.